Welcome to Cast Party, High School Theater Revisited. I'm here with Marcy Eldritch. She is a teacher at Cab Calloway School of the Arts. You might recognize her from her TikTok videos, um, hyping up the announcement of the school musical. We don't we don't know what show it is yet, but maybe by the time we're listening to it, we do. Maybe you're not caught up in the series, so I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but either way, I'm very excited to have her on the show. Margie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So why don't, to get started, why don't you tell everyone where you went to high school um, and give us a little overview of what your program looked like? Okay, so I went to Newark High School, which is in Delaware, and um, medium-sized high school, I think, uh, maybe a thousand people in the school, maybe more than that. And um, we had a theater program there, and it wasn't the best. We did like one show a year. Uh, it was a school that had a lot of uh, classical music-based things so so the musicals and theater was not as strong as say like the the choral program at my high school and were you involved in the choral and the theater program i was i was so um yeah we we did a lot of uh choral concerts with like um the local symphony and things like that and i was the student conductor slash director of the madrigal consort which uh was a little I think we had 16 to 20 students in it. And so my senior year, I was the student director of that. And then uh, we had a theater program there. So I, I was in all of the, the shows that we did every year there, starting freshman year. So I, me as someone who, as someone who did choir, did choir and theater in high school, I always see them doing both. Sometimes people see them as separate entities, but I really think there's, there's a benefit from learning through one to get better at the other. Did you feel that way? Did you identify as, as a choir singer versus a theater kid? Like what was that dual role like? So that's really interesting because when I went to high school, it was definitely separated. There was, there was theater. Some of the theater kids were in the choir, but it was really like a choir school. And um, so there weren't even theater classes. There was just, we just did the play. And it was the, uh, one of the English teachers was the, was the drama teacher. So where I teach now is completely different. So, which is awesome. So I wish I'd had the experience that I have now teaching at the school that I teach. I wish I had that when I was in high school. So um, yeah, it was definitely much more of a music school than it was a theater school. So and right now at Cab Calloway, what does that program look like? What's the difference between when you were in high school to the, what you're teaching now? There are so many more uh, teachers at Cab that are, we have a separate theater teacher. Uh, we're actually a middle school and a high school. So some of us teach both middle and high school at the same time, different classes. This year, I'm just teaching high school. Mostly I teach high school. But uh, so I have there's a middle school theater teacher and a high school theater teacher. I teach the musical theater class, but I also teach vocal music and I teach steel drums. So um, we're very much more integrated, uh, the theater department. A lot of the kids at my school have to take a major. You, they audition to get in the school. So they have a theater major track or a uh, vocal track, which is mine. And then they, a lot of kids do both because they have time in their schedule. And then their junior and senior year at my school, they can actually be in my musical theater class. 
So they usually do that and still take their other classes. Uh, so they, these kids actually have a lot more arts arts classes than I ever dreamed of I could even have in high school. Yeah, something as specific as steel drums sounds so niche, but also like a valuable skill that it's like, now I want to play the steel drums. Yeah, that's like so weird and crazy that I actually teach steel drums too, because um, it, it sounds weird. But um, I, I took a class in, not I was not in college, it was a college kind of course for teachers. And I fell in love with steel drums and uh, we got money for the in the program and we got steel drums and I, it's weird, but I travel all around the world playing steel drums. I had been for a while with, with a couple of different groups. So it's, it's crazy, but yeah, a lot of my kids are also in the steel band and I try and incorporate, I wish it would be more, but more, uh, showmanship when they play in the steel band, like moving around and doing choreography and stuff like that. So I love having theater kids in my steel band as well. Yeah. It seems like you have this really, um, comprehensive, view of the arts in general. And I guess teaching at a school for the arts, that's not really gonna happen. But yeah, um, I mean, and that's honestly just to the benefit of the kids because it's like, you're all kind of doing the same thing. Like you're all performing, you're all working on this craft, like at the end of the day, I mean. Yeah, and we have like, a dance track too. So uh, the, da the dance teacher is, is my choreographer and some of the students actually choreograph uh, the middle school plays as well, some of her students. So it's, pre it's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we kind of integrate a lot of the performing arts together. It's it's awesome. That's I wish I had that myself. Yeah, and, and most of the people who I've talked to on the show before too, the experience you're describing is the one that they've wished that they've had, um, which is, you know, it's unfortunate because you look back and it's like, oh, all the things I could have learned, all the things I could have done, but it makes you appreciate it when you hear about it even more. So. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's why I love I love teaching there because it's like I would have loved to have been able to do this. So I think how would I feel as a kid? What would I want in my program? So that's kind of what what I do in my class. So it's been uh, it's it's a dream it's a dream job. How long have you been working there? Uh, I think this is my twenty fourth year. Good for you! Wow. Yeah. So this is my second my second teaching job. So yeah, that's. It, it's been it's been awesome. Um, um, so let's journey back in time then, um, and go back to not when you were teaching high school, but when you were in high school. Uh, um, tell tell us a little bit about uh, what you were like in high school and what made you want to get into doing theater. Okay, so picture this: high school, nineteen eighty two, I think. Ridiculous. Um, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've been in high school. I'd already been doing theater. I started doing theater when I was like 10 with my mom. She actually got me into theater. So I had already been doing a lot of uh, community theater in the area. And um, I actually had a chance to either go to um, a Catholic school called St. Mark's, which had a great theater program, or go to Newark High School, which had a great music program. And my, my mom kind of said I could, I could choose which one I wanted to go to. And I thought, well, you know, I'm already doing theater. I really would love to be in an awesome music program. So I went to Newark High School instead of the other high school, which had a, a better theater program. Uh, so I did as much theater as I could in, in Newark High School, uh, which was only one show a year. But so my freshman year, um, we did Little Abner. 
which nobody, I don't think anybody does anymore. No, I haven't heard of anyone doing it in a while. Right. Johnny Mercer, I think, wrote the music. I mean, it was just like this really strange little show based on a cartoon and uh, Abner drinks drinks this potion and, and becomes, you know, this big guy. So anyway, so I'm a freshman. I try out for the show. It was the first musical they'd done in years at Newark High School. They were just doing straight plays. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now I was already doing a couple of the shows at night. So I think I might've been doing three, three different shows at the same time. Just oh, wow. Doing you know, we we're theater kids. I was rehearsing one doing um, dinner theater on the weekends and then doing the school play after school, which is awesome because I could do with the ball because they're all different times. So I tried out for, for that show and I was wife number three. I got the part of wife number three. And I remember, um, the best part of the show was my husband Zeke drinks the potion and becomes this big hulking man. We got him from the football team. I think was all the the people that played the big the big sports guys at the end. So and I remember him like he didn't have a shirt on, and my job was to like run over and like, yell Zeke and like hug him. And the dude had put baby oil all over his body so that his muscles would pop. And so I like slid down his body and I was like, ah. So it was that's. What I remember about the show, that and like Jubilation Tea Corn Pone, that's like the, one of the songs I remember. So that was my first experience in in high school. And then I think the next year was The Importance of Being Earnest. And I tried out for the show and Mr. Morgan, who was the teacher there, uh, said to me, why didn't you try out for the musical last year? And I said, Mr. Morgan, I was in the musical. I was oh my God. <laughs> So there, yeah, I was like, ouch. Remember you slipping down the shirt? He had no idea. No, he didn't remember at all. So yeah, I was in the importance of being earnest. I was Lady Bracknell. Horrible, horrible English accent. Like we had no coaching whatsever. And the only way I could do it was like if I jutted my chin out. I was like, I would jut on. And I had this like look on my face. The, that was the only way I could like do the accent. So anyway, yeah, we did the importance of being earnest. And then we did uh, Kiss, not Kiss Me Kate, oh my gosh, we did, <laughs> we did Taming of the Shrew. So, and I was Kate in Taming of the Shrew uh, the next year. And then my my final year, Mr. Morgan asked me to direct, to student direct the, the show, which was this show called Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down, which was like based off of uh, some sort of event that happened at a rock concert where a bunch of kids were trying to get in that rock concert and they got crushed against the door. And yeah, I know, like really heavy stuff. So um, I, I student directed that, which was quite a different experience than being in a show. And I didn't get a lot of direction from him. He kind of just let me go because I do like to direct. I've always liked to direct. I used to, um, my mom used to try out for shows and she would uh, practice her her uh, script on me. And I'd say, mom, don't do it that way, do it this way. And so that just kind of, was was my uh the track that i like to do i do perform as well but there's the directing track i just love so i guess he saw that in me that i like to do that and then he let me go and so he just sat in the back of the theater and he just said go direct the show so it was awesome but it's also really hard to direct your friends yeah because they're your your peers or it, it's they don't take direction really well from somebody who's the same age as them but um they did they, they were actually pretty good but that's really where i was like i really want to do this i really like doing this 
So you so, weren't overwhelmed knowing that you were going to be student directing this then? No, I, I, I took it and said, yep, I can do it totally. So I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool that he let you do it too, because I mean, I know that that happens with guidance, but you describing him sitting in the back of the theater is just like, like empowering for someone of that age to be given that much responsibility. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and as, as a director myself and a teacher, I do tend to have student directors. Obviously I have a lot more uh, guide with them. I don't just let them go, but I, um, I do think it's a really important experience if somebody's really interested in doing that to, to let them experience it. Um, because I had, I had such a great experience with it. And I think that there's a lot more kids that could be directors because um, it doesn't matter what you look like or what you sound like. Right. Um, that's, let's face it, the, the world of, of theater, although it's changing a lot, which is awesome, but there was, there's only, you can only go so far if you look a certain way or you present a different way or uh, sound a certain way. And uh, with the theater, with the directing track, you can be who you are and just go. Although, Watching shows coming up, it's just really cool to see how diverse casting has become, and uh, I really embrace that. Especially with the school that I'm in now, where where I have kids. I love all my kids, and they're all from everywhere and have major differences in their appearance and how who they are and who they love, and and it's just it's just awesome. So I'm I'm loving the fact that that theater's really catching up to that. As a high schooler, I'm imagining your casts uh weren't looking as diverse or as broad as what you're working with today no not at all not at all yeah well I mean that's like you said like it's it's an awesome thing um that that's where everything is headed um but it is that struggle that I think that not all high schools have caught on yet even if like the industry as a whole is starting to catch on there's some high schools that are still struggling with that um uh, to, to circle back to the student directors, because I'm really interested by this. When you are looking for a student director now, what what are the qualities that you're looking for? Like, is there certain things that a kid presents where you're like, that's that kid's a director, or is it, or do they come to you? Like, what? How do you find those kids? That's a really good question. Um, I usually ask the theater teacher, my friend Brendan, who is our theater teacher. I'll say, who do you have? Because he he sees them a lot more than I see them. And, and I'll say, who who do you think uh, is is capable of directing with me? And he actually does have a directing track um, in his in his major as well, and they do have classes in that. Also, if when my, my students at school do a lot of solos in my class in my vocal class, and they get critiques from each other, so we do uh, four solos a year, two of which are Broadway. So I really look at the kids when they're giving critiques to each other and and I make mental notes like oh that they have really good they have really good ideas and then I'll talk to Mr. Moser because most of the time it's the theater kids that have those awesome critiques so I'll talk to him about it and then we'll talk to the students about whether they're interested in doing it or not and um it's really worked out really well it's tough though because they can't be in the show they have to they have to be on the other side and so it, I have to convince them that it's okay not to be in the show and it's not a punishment <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, well, do I suck? Do I not? I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. I see something in you and, and I think you could be really good at this. 
And I said, and once you see that show open, you're going to understand the feeling. It's like, it's like having a baby. It's like your baby and it's there and, and it opens and it's a completely different feeling. And so, and they have, most of them have agreed with me that yes, you are completely right. It's so cool to be on the side to see everything come together. Yeah. At that point, you're just as much a part of it or even more so than the people on stage. Like it's, 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 it's the baby. Exactly. But they, again, they have to be careful because they are peers with them. And so some of them struggle with how to, how to navigate through that. And I try to help through that, but yeah, it's, it, it's a difficult process, but it's, it's really rewarding when they actually do it. Yeah, definitely. When you were doing your student directing, how were you handling critiquing other kids or how were they handling your critiques? They were actually pretty cool about it. Um, I, I'm from the school where you, I, I tell the truth, I'm a truth teller, but I don't do it in a way that I think is offensive or derogatory or making, I don't want to make fun of people and, you know, put them down. So just kind of matter of fact, doing things. And now looking back on it, I wish I had a little bit more training in how to do that, but I learned a lot from it. And, um, I do think that they, they, they were pretty good with having me, me do it because I think I was pretty confident in, in what I wanted from them. So yeah. like blocking, even just like blocking scenes and stuff like that, I already had ideas about what I wanted. So if you have a lot of experience working with your mom, then you're already a, a pro by this point. <laughs> exactly. I'm my poor mother. But no, mom, don't say it like that. Please don't say it like that. Do it like this. Try this. Yeah, so. And and I had worked with lots of different directors and, and seen what they did, making mental notes, what to do, what not to do. Because a lot of times working with those, those hard directors, um, you learn pretty quick. That's not, that's not how I would do it. Yeah. So. Sometimes you learn more about from the what not to do. Um, yeah. What to do. And you adapt. I agree. Yeah. Um, I want to zoom in on the lab nerd for a little bit, just because I, I mean, when else am I going to have the opportunity to talk to someone about the lab? Okay. Maybe it's never. been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, at the time was, was, I know it was a more popular show is based off this like comic strip. So like it had some, some fan base behind it. Like at the time, was it more well-known? Was it an exciting thing to be doing that show? I think so. Um, I think, I, I don't even know if I knew what it was at the time. Yeah. I just was excited that we were doing a musical. So, um, there seemed to be a lot of schools that were doing it though. It must have like the rice must have just come out or something. Yeah. Something yeah. must have sparked it. Like, because I talked to one of my friends about this, and they're like, "I did little hour in high school. We didn't go to the same high school." So, and and he was like a meme. So I was like, "What? What? Are you, what? This is so funny." Like so family of the eighties, I guess. Like, right? I'm like, who's doing little Abner? Can we do something else? But um, yeah. This is a crazy little show, like set in this little town, and 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 um, there, I remember there being a mayor like, and him singing that Jubilation Tea Corn poem thing. It was like hillbillies, and you know who doesn't love hillbillies? I'm like, oh my gosh, it'd be totally, it'd be totally, I don't, it would totally not land today. Um, so yeah, and and the girl Daisy May, in her tiny little outfits and stuff, you know, it's just such a such a different world but yeah it, it was a lot of fun i remember having fun in the show um 
And I don't remember too much about the show because the, I don't think that our music teacher was actually the music director. I think they got somebody else. I um, don't remember who it was, if it was like a student or something, but somebody came in and did the music and not because Mr. Rittenhouse, who did all the classical stuff, was not going to, to be involved in the musical. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it's funny you mentioned Daisy May because it just reminded me um, I was doing, I was directing the last five years with some students last summer. And there's mm -hmm. a, one of the songs where Kathy references that she looks like Daisy May. And everyone was like, who is Daisy May? And we we're like, well, who is Daisy May? And we looked her up and it, she's from Lil Abner. So yes. I feel like these days, like Lil Abner lives on through the last five years through that one little reference, because everyone's going to look it up and be like, who is she? And then discover that there's this whole show and whole comic strip based on her. So, yeah, it's so funny because um, I showed my some of my kids I was talking about Little Agner the other day. Um, they were asking me about high school because I think I mentioned I think I mentioned the podcast that I was going to be doing about this, and they asked me what I was in, doing in high school, and I said Little Agner, and I pulled up a picture of the cartoon because they had no idea. They have no idea what Little Agner was. It's a cartoon. You mean like Popeye? I'm like, well, kind of, but not really. So sure, yes, it's like Popeye. So yeah, that's so funny. And good old Jason Robert Brown for putting it in his. Yeah, thank you, Jason Robert Brown. Yeah. Um, would, would you ever do a little album today? No. Okay. Why? Probably not. There's so many other things I would like to do before I would do Lil Abner. Now, if somebody said, hey, we're doing Lil Abner and we want to hire you to be the director, or the music director, and I had time and I wanted to do it, sure. But um, but it's not on it's not on my list of shows that I that I want to to be involved in. Was it ever on the on the desk? On never, never on the piano, never on the piano. I had fifty two. Lil Abner did not make the cut ever because the ones on my piano are, are all ones that I legit would want to do or have done, um, or like they're they're like my dream my dream shows. I know I can't do them all because uh, I can't do fifty two shows, but. Um, it's my own little delusion that yes, I could do all of these shows. And it's not all the ones that I'd ever want to direct because there's ones on there that I, uh, there's ones that aren't on there that I would love to do again, but aren't, aren't up there either. So, um, yeah. we've done them or, or I've done them pretty, pretty recently. Yeah. So, um, after Lil, Ab Lil Abner, you said you did all straight, plays after that yes and in high school in the actual high school yes yeah in the I, now, yeah i was doing a lot of uh dinner theater so i was doing lots of musicals on the other end so uh, so then navigating between the straight plays and the musicals did you have a preference especially if you were doing both at the time at that age like what what was your feeling about that i loved musicals I loved the musicals. I, I did the straight plays because that's all that, that we had. Now, I, I enjoyed doing the straight plays, but um, but I, I've always been drawn to music. I started piano when I was a kid and singing and doing all that stuff. So um, I was really drawn to musicals. I had books of, of all the musicals, and I would sit at the piano and play them and sing them. And, like, my, my first... Cassette tape, yes, that, that old, we had cassette tapes. Uh, my first cassette tape was Annie. 
And I remember like listening to that over and over again, the overture with the trumpet at the beginning. I was like, oh, I would just like go in my room and play, play the recording, my tape of Annie and just like listen to it all the time. Uh, so I was totally drawn to musicals. And um, so that's why I did a lot of actual stuff out in the community too, because it was all musicals. Yeah. Uh, I, to, like, I did a couple of things. I'm sorry. You wanted to like scratch that itch, like the musical itch. Like you, you were getting the straight play experience. But, like, yeah. Yeah, and I've done some straight plays myself later in life as well. I'm not going to poo poo them because there's some awesome straight plays. Yeah. And comedies. I mean, but um, definitely, I I was always drawn to music. So, yeah. and I knew right away I was going to be a music teacher uh, in high school. Oh yeah. Oh, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, it was either going to be music or theater. So um, I, I just had always wanted to be a teacher. I just had, you know, I, I just, just like I said to somebody today when we were doing graduation rehearsal, I just like take over. I don't mean to. I mean, not, not be my job. So I know, like, I just, I see a need and I just like do it. And I'm like, I apologize. Just tell me if you don't want me to do it. But like, that's how I was in high school. Like I would just take over. We'd be singing in choir and um, the kids next to me would like lean in because I'm singing the, the part. And they were like, because they need to hear the part. And so then I turned my head and sing, sing it to them because that's what I would do because they needed me to do it. So I just knew that I always wanted to be a teacher. And uh, my mom said, well, you're going to go to the University of Delaware because that was like two miles from the house and we have money so that you can go to York to Delaware. And they did not have a theater department at that point. They had a music department. So I said, well, I guess then I'm going to major in music and become a music teacher. But knowing that I would always do theater on the side. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's, that's basically what I did. I went to school for music, got my, my uh, bachelor's degree in music ed in, in, and vocal music and then even got my master's at someplace else in choral music but have learned over the years just by being in shows and watching the directors and reading and reading and reading and watching plays to uh that the directing if i could do it if i could win like a million dollars or ten million dollars i would open my own theater and just direct all day yeah. and just do shows after shows and not care what show that made money or didn't make money, but do the shows that I really wanted to do. So I always know, knew that I wanted to be a teacher and a director. And so where I am now is like, perfect, perfect that I get to do both. Yeah. So the yeah. theater teacher does the theater stuff. Uh, he does the, well, there's two, actually, there's two teachers. They do the, the, the straight plays. Uh, and then I, I handle the, the musical for the high school. So and they've always let me do that. But I've been there longer than they have so i kind of you know made my own program so when i first started at cab it was it was just like here's the music program you can do whatever you want and i was like okay so we're gonna have a musical theater class because that's the thing that i love to do and it was not allowed to do that in, in, in college because i went to a classical allowed to do what musical theater my voice teacher said you if you do any broadway music you're out of my studio and what? i actually do because it's yeah. not like real music. Because it wasn't, yes, it wasn't legit singing. It was not legit singing. So actually I have a really, a really interesting story. So my teacher, she's a beautiful mezzo-soprano, terrifying, terrifying, scared us all, but she has a beautiful voice. And so when I auditioned for college, the vocal faculty sat there and they get to pick who they want. So she said, I want that one. So I, I studied with her. Her name was Glenda Maurice. And, um, 
she said, here's the rules to the class. You cannot do any other music other than classical music. That's really hard when you're a theater kid, right? And you, all you've been doing is, is musicals. And it's like, no. So there's two stories. The first story is uh, we snuck out and went to uh, a cattle call for Disney in Washington, D.C. And of course, we didn't get picked at all. But she heard about it. And she said, if you ever do that again, you're out on studio. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's the first story. Yeah. You would think that would have scared me enough. I think the thought of it, something so minuscule, like in in retrospect or even in the moment, but like okay. But I did it because they were doing Fiddler on the Roof at the at the dinner theater, and um, a friend of mine and I went, and lo and behold, we got cast in the show. I uh, I was Huddle in 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 Fiddler, but they double cast it because it was dinner theater, so that's awesome. I changed my name. I had a stage name. It was Christina Mason. So in the program, it said Christina Mason. And uh, yeah, and he, he changed his name too. And so we both changed our names. Thought so this would be great. So, so we did the show. And um, yeah, we got reviewed in the paper. Yeah, so I have a review, like saying, like it was it, as Christina Mason that they that that they liked the show, blah blah blah, and Christina Mason, and um, I remember that one night somebody from University of Delaware came to the the theater, but I was not on that night. It was waiting tables, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm just doing working here, I'm doing stuff, and so I was like, because that was a close call, but so they didn't find out, and you know it's been years, so I don't think they really. But uh, yeah, I was I was a rebel. I was apparently a rebel because then I found out that she sang country music before she was a classical singer. So I was like, "Excuse me." A little hypocritical, maybe. Yeah, excuse me. I, what is this anyway? So so that was my that was my like rebellious time. I don't. I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. So I was like really young still, kind of. That's so like, funny though. Like it just shows like you're. <laughs> Your passion that literally like change my name so I can be in Fiddler on the Roof. I know that was that desperate. I know it's awful. No, uh, I, I love it. I I have nothing against it. I would have done the same thing. No one's ever said that to me that they would drop me if I did musical theater. But if someone said that to me, I'd be like, I'll just change my name. Yeah, I, that must have been that must have been my freshman or sophomore year because she left. She left and went someplace else. So. uh and we followed her out there for another year of, of uh, study with her. I went to University of Minnesota for a year with her, but um, and did the operas there at University of Minnesota. But yeah, that was that was early on. That was in the early eighties. Yeah, desperate, desperate to do shows. I've never understood this um, rivalry between like classical music and musical theater, especially because like when you go back far enough, it's like it was all kind of the same composers to an extent. Like, right. why, why are we pitting them against each other? Like, I, I don't know. I think it was a whole belting thing because, because belting was unhealthy, but that's just because they, I think it was because a lot of them were not trained in that. And so they didn't think it was any good. So you're right. It, it was this weird thing. And I'm like, but, but all the classics are everyone singing legit. They're all, they're all singing. If you go back and listen to all the music in the 1940s and 50s, they're all singing as if they have, classical voices 
Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't get it either. But I think that times have changed now. A lot of colleges are doing both. And there's a lot of crossing over of the genres. Yeah. Um, yeah, I certainly don't hear it as much anymore. There still are some of the purists who will make the case. But I, I mean, at this point, I'm just like, you're wrong. Um, not, to, not to be objective about it, but whatever. I agree. I, I always think that you can, I tell the, the kids at school that you should be a vocal chameleon. You should be able to change your voice for the style of the music that you're singing. And so we talk about like the difference between like where, where you put the, where, where you sing from when you're singing classical music, like singing from the top of your head or, or out this way. And uh, that Broadway is more like speech centered kind of singing. So we talk about that and we work on that and try and make it healthy. Now, belting at 14 or 15 year old, year old it, it, some of them have struggled with that. And so I try, try and be careful with them because they can totally ruin their voices or, 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 or um, blow out their cords and stuff like that. If they're, if they're too young and they're trying to belt too much, there's also like a, a weird age, like 14 or 15, where some, some of their vote, I think it's called like the glottal chink or something like that, where there's like, it's not fully developed yet. So they still have that breathiness in their voice and they're trying to avoid it. So they're really just trying to belt as opposed to mixing their voices and uh, because they don't like the air sound, the breathy sound. But again, that goes away the older they get. Um, it's, it's usually like their freshman year. They're, they're trying to just overcompensate and belt way too much. So, so rather than making them choose between one or the other, it's a matter of like learning how to try to balance both. Even if you're not there yet, like here's the skills you're going to need for when your voice is ready for that. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I wish I could. I, I wish I could. Uh, um, work with each individual kid, but it's, it's a vocal class. So I have like 25, 30 kids in each class. I do. That's why it's really nice to have them get up and at least sing. So then I like, I'm frantically writing stuff on their, on their uh, score sheets, like what they should do to help with that. And I try and give them some tips. Um, but there is much a big difference between a freshman year and their sophomore year. There's something that usually happens in their, they kind of figure out how to mix their voices. Um, but we do classical music too. So, so they need to learn everything. And, and it's all interconnected. So um, I think it's important that they, they be uh, exposed to both of them. Yeah. Um, were you also struggling with that when you were younger too? Like when did that click for you? Um, uh, the, the belting thing, my mom, oh gosh, I'd always be playing the piano in high school. And she'd say, I wish you'd use your pretty voice. Cause yeah, I, right. Cause I'm like bailing away playing, you know, all the, all the songs on the piano, it's mostly Cats for some reason. And that's really funny because um, Cats is not one of my favorite shows. But uh, but I had the music book for it and I just sang the crap out of Cats all the time. So I'm, I'm like, you know, singing Grizabella and and um, my mom would go down the steps like, you know, just use your pretty voice. I'm like, oh. So then I learned to like, that's when I started learning how to mix, just using more of the head voice and then kind of sneaking in my, my chest voice. But so I was guilty of that too. Um, and then there's some people that just know how to mix already and they don't understand what a mix is because they're already doing it. And we hate those people. <laughs> they just all of a sudden they go, what are you talking about? I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a break in my voice. Like, ah. Also when you were in high school, um, I'm also interested in this cause I love Shakespeare, but you mentioned Taming of the Shrew. Yes. I don't know how you feel about Shakespeare. If you were into it at the time, if you're into it now, I think it's great for young people to be reading in class, performing on stage, just engaging with 
the language and all of it. Um, wh- what were your thoughts on it at the time and what's your thoughts on it now? Yeah, yeah. So starting from freshman year in the English program, they made us read Shakespeare in our English department. So um, Julius Caesar, I think we read freshman year and sophomore, I think it was like Romeo and Juliet. So every year there was some sort of Shakespeare component. And Shakespeare is really hard to wrap your head around. Uh, it's such like, just a, like a different language. So I find it fascinating, but I also find it frustrating, uh, especially as a, as, a, as a student trying to figure out the lines. But but when you finally, when the light bulb goes off and you totally understand it, it's, it's pretty darn cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So um, I, 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 took a, I took a course in college um, on Shakespeare as well. Just kind of, it was like a, just about like every Shakespeare, we had this gigantic book. It was like all of Shakespeare's plays. And so we, we got through several of them and I, I find it very fascinating, uh, especially it's like hypnotizing almost just the pattern and um, the rhythm. It's just, I find it very fascinating. It's harder. I think for young kids who don't understand, I think you need to, know the plot of the show first and then you can kind of go back and say like what are they talking about here oh oh that's really cool it's so poetic and it's just a different way of speaking and they kind of decipher it and then it's really cool so i do i did kind of struggle with it when i first started and then i started really getting into it more yeah and then got to play kate in in the show so that was really pretty great role honestly yes i don't love the show but i think if you're going to be someone in that show you want to be kate so i I agree i agree uh it's not one of my favorites um but kate is such a strong person but then i'm I'm kind of torn because at the end she changes her tune but again i think she but but you have to play it in a way that she changes her tune knowing she wants to change her tune i saw a production at shakespeare in the park in the delacorte theater a few years ago that completely warped my perception on what you're describing right now um and it's worth sharing because you'll be interested to hear it now, I think. Um, they set up the whole thing kind of like a beauty pageant and it was an all-female cast. So the men were gender bent. And then at the end, she gives the speech and uh, about how like, you know, I'm whatever she says, like I'm going to just, uh, what's the word? Be subservient or whatever, I don't know. Right, yes. And she gets crowned the winner of the beauty pageant, gets taken off stage. And then she runs back on stage and is screaming like, like, fuck this. I don't want it. This isn't me. She's tearing off the crown. She's like, I don't want to do this. And they, and the men, the women playing men carry her off stage and crown her sister. I think like Bianca is her name because she's yes. the one who like is actually um, falling into this right. trap that the men are putting her in. And she gets taken off stage. So it kind of like undermines her last speech in a cool way where it really shows like she didn't mean any of that. She was just saying that. And when she tried to speak, speak out and say not important so oh my god that's awesome it really shifted my perspective on it so that's that's cool because yeah you're it's like oh my gosh wait a minute why all of a sudden now that she's subservient what's going on here so you have to wrap your brain around it and 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 so i was like you know maybe she's making the choice herself as opposed she wasn't like beaten into submission to actually do it yeah so that's why I do like Kiss Me Kate better because it's a play within the play. So there's all those other things going on. It's not quite as, it's not quite as dry as, as. Yeah. You also have to remember it, the time period. And, and that's, 
the culture of what was going on and that women were supposed to be subservient. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's hard for kids to wrap their head around because they're like, well, it would never be like that now, or that's so disrespectful, but you kind of just have to like take it at face value and be like, at the time it wasn't. And that's not what they were getting at because it wasn't even a thought that that would be like a controversy. Um, Correct. Yeah. And there's a spanking scene. Yeah. Right. She gets spanked and, and, and uh, that we did it. Usually, but. Right. I got spanked. And, and I wasn't like, excuse me. No, you can't do that. Because back in the eighties, you know, you, you did what's in the script. So yeah, it's very strange. It's very, it's, it's very strange to think about on that. Cause I was like, if I'm going to do kiss me, Kate, do I keep this banging scene in? Do I keep that in? Cause there are in high school and I'm like, uh, I don't know. That's... And so, you know, it's, it's a show we didn't, it's not a show that I decided I wanted to do because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to like answer that question yet, because that's really hard to figure out. Yeah. Like all yeah. of these different things in the time period that, that it was written, it was totally fine. I mean, not so much. be a right answer to that. And depending on who you ask, they might say different things. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think if you're reading it, like, it's different. But then when you're performing and you're asking, like, two 14-year-olds to spank each other, it's like, hmm. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because I, I took some courses this this past summer and the summer before that about, about um, this kind of stuff, like what, what consent-based um, theater practices and it's so different than like than what we would have done back then because back then it was like the director would just say you know okay now put her over your knee and smack her on the butt and nowadays i i would never approach it like that i would never approach it like that anymore just just learning what i know yeah so i mean i didn't even go to high school too long ago and we had a lot of uh intimate scene stage kisses and stuff like that we didn't and we didn't even consider that type of stuff. It was just like, right. yeah, yes, great. Okay. Right. We did sound of music. I'm like, okay, and now that's the two of us, let's just go in the back and then you're going to practice the kiss and by, by ourselves first and then we'll go to, but then like, I, I learned all this other stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been totally doing it wrong. <sighs> yeah. So let me start all over again. So, so, but we, if you don't, if you don't learn every time you do something, then what's the good of, of, of still doing it. You know, like, I mean, I, I'm constantly learning. I don't think I have all the answers and it's great to, to, to learn new things because then you don't get stale. And so this whole new way of, of directing is, is kind of exciting and scary. So, yeah, but, it, but it definitely puts the power in the hands of the actors, which I think is important, especially when they're younger too. So right. yeah. 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 I totally agree because, uh, there, a lot of times they're just trying to please the director and, that they need to not be doing that if they if they if they don't really feel comfortable doing that they need to uh be able to to uh talk to the director and say that i need to do something else yeah because we just i never thought to to say no to the director so anyway that's a that's a whole nother story i mean that's yeah. a whole nother story well the amount of people who i've talked to who have been intimidated or scared by their directors is just like almost all of them um in some capacity and myself included um so i'm i'm sure your students are grateful that it doesn't seem like you're putting them in a situation where they're going to be afraid to approach you or something along those lines, but. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I still think sometimes they still just get intimidated anyway, just because I'm the director. Yeah. And I, so, but, um, 
I'm trying to change that perspective and I'm hoping that that's the way the world is going and that they have more power and more say in, in, in things that they feel comfortable. Anything else worth mentioning about zooming back to high school? Like any, anything else that comes to mind that's like, oh, you know what, this is a funny story or, or this is worth throwing in there? Um, just the fact that you have such a cool group of people that you hang out with when you're in the theater. And I don't know, I guess everybody, everybody has their groups, but, um, I just really enjoyed having a group of, of people that, that we hung out and we just like lived together for, for those four years. And, um, not that I have anything funny, but it's just, it, it it's really nice to be able to, uh, share experiences with them and, and have feelings and like be able to portray them. It was just a great time in high school. I would never go back because, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. People say I don't, I don't look any different than I did in high school, but I feel a lot different than I, than I was in high school. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I loved the theater as, as little as we did. And I try and bring that joy to my kids at school and give them as much theater as I can and uh, hope, hope they still enjoy it when they, they leave high school because uh, you miss it if you don't, if you don't do it in high school, after high school. I mean, if you're in high school plays, you do all that and then it just stops. Yeah. You have nothing that, that to me, that's sad. So uh, I, I encourage everyone to keep doing like community theater or any other things, keep, keep singing or find a group to, to, to do stuff with because it's really important to keep that alive in you and not just lose it after you get to high school and then boop, you go to college and you're, you're doing, you're doing all of those um, menial things that you do in college and taking tests and things like that. If you need to keep some sort of music and theater and arts in your life or else you go crazy. Yeah. So. That, and that definitely translates based off everything you've said too. So that's, that's great to hear. So the last question I have for you then, it's something I ask everyone, is if you had to describe your high school theater experience in one word, what word would that be? Oh my gosh. My high school experience in one word. Oh, I, I would say it was... It was, that's, I can't say one word. It was too short. It was too short. It short? Was, yeah, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. You were I, wanting more. Yes. I could have, I, I would have been in, if I could have just done plays all day long and not have to go to school, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, not long enough. That's really, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, well, it seems like your students certainly won't have that problem or don't have that problem. Um, so it's it's great to see that journey of you not having enough to now giving to everyone more than enough. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm glad to be there. So it's, yeah. it's, been, it's been a joy watching them all grow. And then to see them like actually flourish and do other stuff. It's just it's been awesome. So um, I've really enjoyed watching the, the those that go on to professional theater. It's been it's been a highlight of mine. Yeah. Not that they all have to do that, but but um, it's just really cool when you see your kids on Broadway. So it's pretty neat. That's awesome. Well, Margie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you. 
Um, and everyone who's listening, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Cast Party, High School Theater Revisited. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Cast Party Pod for all the latest updates. See you next time.